Bibles, Revelation chapter number 21. Guys, we are almost done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We are almost done. <clears throat> we'll, be, we'll be finding us another book to go through. Uh, uh, I, don't know, I don't know which one yet, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll uh, decide that directly. But how many of y'all, just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, how many of you have been all the way through the book of Revelation in this study? Raise your hand. All the way through. All right. How many of y'all been to just about all of them? <clears throat> all right. How many of y'all been to some of them? <clears throat> all right. How many of them, this is your first time? All right. Y'all got to hit the internet. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now, really, how many first timers? How many first time? Got one? Any other? Two? Three? You lying, Andrew. This ain't your first time. Good gracious. Hey, will y'all let all our first-timers and Andrew know you're glad they're here tonight? Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being with us. Let's just read a couple verses, and I'll let you sit down, and, uh, and, and we'll get started tonight. How many, hey, and by the way, I was supposed to tell you, I was supposed to tell you, uh, if you were here last week and, and come to get a cheeseburger... And, or, or chicken sandwich or chicken salad, uh, and there was a long line. Uh, they've got all that fixed. There was no line today. It, was re- it went by really smooth. So if you stopped or didn't come because of the line, come back next week. They've got that straightened out. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. All right. Revelation 21. Revelation 21 in verse number 1. When you get there, say amen. amen. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first, how many of y'all like new stuff? Yeah, yeah, new stuff. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, this is one of my most favorite verses in all the Bible. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Can we all say amen? Amen. Let's all read that together. Verse number four. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Can we take a moment and give God glory and praise and honor and thanksgiving? Amen. Amen. Let's pray and and we'll be seated. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house tonight. Lord, this is, is, is just an honor. Anytime we gather together, it's, it's great. We get to fellowship with one another and, and be encouraged in your presence. And God, I pray right now that you'll take your word and, and exhort the people today, edify the brethren. Lord, I pray that today as we grow together and learn together, Lord, I pray that you'll encourage everybody here. Lord, we face a world that's full of all that stuff right there, full of pain, full of sorrow, full of crying, full of heartache. And Lord, we look forward to the day where there's going to be no more any of that. And God, I pray right now that you'll move in our hearts. Help us today. 
Lord, be with all the other rooms that's full of kids right now and full of their leaders and teachers as they're teaching our children, our, our uh, uh, Lord, our next generation. Lord, I pray that you'll just be with every single teacher, be with every single leader. I pray tonight will be a, an extraordinary night of learning about the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, I'll thank you for all that you do and what you've already done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. To bring us up to date, we have, we have concluded uh, that the end times, everything that, that we are now looking forward to or is going to happen in the near future, uh, the tribulation period is over. The seven years of judgment, the seven years of colossal horrific events that God is going to bring upon this earth to judge this earth, to judge evil, wicked mankind, and to bring man back to himself uh, uh, to, to purge the nation of Israel. He's going to be finished with all of the wicked. He's going to do away uh, uh, with, with the Antichrist. He's going to do away with the devil. The devil has been chained for a thousand years. Last week we talked about the millennial reign of Christ here upon this earth, the kingdom that was promised to the nation of Israel, the king that would rule from Jerusalem. That thousand years has, has uh, come to a completion. At the end of that thousand years, Satan is going to be loose one more time. Satan is going to be loose one more time. And, 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 and we discussed the reasoning behind that. That, that all of the people that are going to be born during the millennial reign, all of those that are in their natural state, uh, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands, millions upon millions of people who've had a perfect environment, who've had a perfect government, who's had a perfect uh, atmosphere around them, if you will, they're still going to be deceived by Satan one more time and be led into a rebellion against God and God's going to end it immediately. And we said the reason that is, and that's going to be, is God's going to prove once and for all the wickedness of Satan, the fall of man, his nature in his heart, that even in a perfect environment, man in his natural state, in his heart, is wicked. That we are sinners in need of a Savior. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, that has ended. That has ended. The thousand year reign upon this earth has ended. At the end of that thousand years, we said Satan will be loose for a season. He's going he's to uh, uh, establish and, and put together one more rebellion and bring many, many, many as the saints of the sea against God. God's going to squash the rebellion. It's going to be over. And then we have the great white throne judgment. How many of y'all remember that last week? The great white throne judgment. This is the judgment of those who are lost. It's great. There's going to be, the Bible says, and I'm just re rehashing a little bit last week till we jump into this week. Uh, the small and great will be there. That means the rich and poor will be there. That means the servant and the prime minister will be there. There is no, there is no uh, 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 definitive uh, difference between sinners. There are rich sinners and there are poor sinners. There are educated sinners and there are non-educated sinners. They're all going to be there. Guess what? The, the song says that the, gr the, the ground is level at the cross. It doesn't matter who you are. You come there the same way. Guess what? The ground is level at the judgment too. 
and they're going to be judged. Their works are going to be judged according to the scriptures. And, 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 and sadly, sadly, uh, all of those that, that will participate in that judgment will be cast into the lake of fire. That is going to be the eternal judgment of all the unbelievers, all those who've rebelled against the, the word of God and, and the will of God. Now, after that, after that, and I, I, was, I was told this by an evangelist one time, and uh, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know, I, well, I know how I feel about it, but I don't know uh, how, I, uh, uh, how I believe about it. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Uh, he, says, he says, do you notice, do you notice that the, the part in Revelation that says God shall wipe away every tear doesn't happen till after the great white throne judgment? And he believes, he believes that, uh, uh, that the saints will be present, he, that they will be present at the great white throne judgment, and that is why our tears are going to be flowing, so they will be in need of wiping away. Now, I, I don't know how I feel about that. He used that as a motivation for evangelism. And uh, if that is so, if that is the case, I can't say dogmatically that that is the case. Uh, but either way, we do know that there are going to be lost people at this judgment and that should be enough for us to do everything we can to share the gospel with every creature. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, uh, the great white throne judgment is over with. Now we're moving, we're moving into the eternal state. Say that with me. We're moving into the eternal state. In other words, what it's going to be like from here on out. This is after the millennium. This is after the millennial reign on this earth. This is into the eternal state where God intended it to be in the first place. All right? Does that make sense with everybody? Say amen. amen. All right. Now let's look. Let's look. Look in your notes. Human history. <clears throat> Human history begins in a garden. Human history begins in a garden. What's the name of that garden? Eden. Eden okay. And it ends in a city that is like a garden paradise. In the Apostle John's day, Rome was the admired city, yet God compared it to a harlot. That which is highly esteemed among men is what? A abomination in the sight of God. The eternal city of God is compared to a beautiful bride. There, there's, just, there's hardly, in, in man's eyes, in man's way of thinking, there, there is hardly anything more beautiful on this earth than a precious wedding with a bride coming before the groom. I've done wedding after wedding after wedding, and I've stood there, and I've seen big old tough redneck men that was tough as an iron stump and just go melt to pieces when she stepped in the door because there's just something about it. It was beautiful. It was breathtaking. Well, this is as described the city of God, all right? God's statements recorded... In Revelation 21 through 5, 5 and 6, aptly summarize these final two chapters. Behold, I make all things new. And what else? It is. It is done. What began in Genesis is brought to completion in Revelation. As the following summary shows. Remember, Genesis is the book of beginnings. Revelation is the book of endings. Okay. Genesis, we find heaven and earth is created. Genesis 1.1. Genesis Revelation 21.1 says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. 
In Genesis 1.16, the sun was created. But we find out in Revelation 21.23, there's no need of the sun. Listen, we'll get to that in just a moment. In Genesis 1.5, the night is established. But in, Ge- in Revelation 22.5, there is no night there. Somebody say amen. In, in Genesis, the seas are created in chapter 1, verse 10. And in Revelation, there's no more seas. Chapter 21, verse 1. In Genesis 3, we see the curse is announced. But in Genesis 22, 3, there's no more. Amen. Genesis 3, 19, death enters into history. In Genesis 21, 4, death leaves the scene. Amen. No more death. Genesis 3, 24, man is driven from the tree of life. Revelation 22, 14, man restored to paradise. Genesis 3, 17, sorrow and pain begin. Revelation 21, 4, no more tears or pain. Can we all just say amen? Amen. Now, the first thing I want to talk about tonight, first thing, we just got two or three points here. Uh, Number one, what are we going to talk about? Verse number one, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So, number one, I want you to see the passing. The passing. All right? A, we see a passing defilement. Write that word down. A passing defilement. Now, what are we talking about? When we say new heaven and new earth, uh, when, when we explain to young people or, or, or to whoever... Uh, when, when someone that is saved, someone who's born again, one of our relatives that, that knows the Lord as their Savior, uh, when they die, we say they went to, come on everybody, they went to, now, we've got to understand, we've got to understand that there are three heavens. There are three heavens. I know what you're thinking, what? I didn't know that, amen. Now, Paul Paul, when he died, this is where we get this, and I'll explain what that means. When Paul, he said that that there was a time that he went to heaven, right? And he called it the third heaven. Some scholars believe it was when he was stoned. You know, there was a time he was stoned to death and, uh, and, and was left as dead, but then God brought him back and he came back alive again. Some people believe that's when that happened. But either way, there was a time in the Apostle Paul's life where God took him up to where he abode and showed him around. Are y'all with me? And there were things, he, the Bible says he, it was not lawful for him to write about. God wouldn't let him write about what he saw. Now, the third heaven, what is the first heaven? It's where the clouds are. It's where you get your rain clouds, all right? This, this immediate atmosphere that we live in, that's the first heaven. The second heaven is where the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets are that you see out there, what we call space. If that makes sense, say amen. Amen. And then beyond that is the third heaven. That's the dwelling of God. All right? Now, all my life, when I I would use this term and talk about this particular uh, chapter, uh, we would see this is heaven coming down, this city of God. But this is a city coming out of heaven, the third heaven. This is just one city. Are y'all with me? But that's what we're in reference to. Now, so when he says, because I, when I read this as a kid, when I read this as a kid, I didn't understand all that stuff. And so 
in my head, when it says there's a new heaven and a new earth, I had in my mind that, that, that God's going to destroy his own house. Because I always thought there was one heaven. You know, you, you, you either go to heaven or hell, right? And so a new heaven, new earth, man, God's just destroying everything. Amen. But it's not talking about the third heaven. It's talking about what's been defiled by man. All right? The atmosphere that we live in. All right? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Does that make sense? That's the heaven he's in reference to. Okay? Now, let's look. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven... And the first earth were passed away. All right. Now, the first heaven and earth were prepared for the first man and woman and their descendants. God had readied everything for them when he placed them in the garden. Unfortunately, our first parents did what? They sinned. And because of sin, it was cursed. It brought in death and decay. Death and decay. Do you realize it is a scientific fact you begin to die the day you're born? How many of y'all like a new car smell? How many of y'all know it don't last? How many of y'all know it decays? How many of y'all know new houses decay? New shoes decay? There is nothing that is associated with this planet that doesn't have death tied to it. Think about it. Everything, everything decays. The curse has brought in death and decay. Now, let's keep reading. Creation is in bondage and travail. Let's turn, with, let's turn to Romans chapter number 8. We're going to do some turning tonight. I didn't, I didn't give this to them guys back there, so if you didn't bring your Bible, uh, you're just going to have to listen and uh, uh, listen with us, and that, that should encourage you next week to bring your Bible. Say amen. Romans chapter number 8. I mean, if you're going to be at Bible study, it'd be good to have one. All right, all right, and I know some of y'all come from work. I'm not trying to be smart or anything. I'm just encouraging you. Please, please bring your Bible. It's, it's really good to have it. All right, now watch this, verse 18, verse 18, Romans 8, verse 18. It says, and, and, and by the way, by the way, uh, for all you city, city people in here and, and highfalutin, uh, sophisticated people and, and you people that don't think I talk right, <clears throat> This first verse proves Paul was a redneck. I got Bible. Are y'all with me? I got Bible. I don't know what you're standing on, but I got Bible to back up what I'm saying. So how do you know? This is what Paul said. Verse 18. For I, hey, city people don't use that terminology. Are y'all with me? I ain't never heard no northern city person. Uh-huh. Never heard him say, well, I reckon so. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm messing. I'm just, I'm picking on my friends. All right. All right, here we go. Verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know what I say and Paul say, and, and by the way, at this particular time, Paul has gone through hell on earth. I mean, literally. He's been beat with rods. He's been lied about. He's been hunted down. He's gone through shipwrecks. He's just, I mean, he's almost, almost as bad as Job's situation. And you know what he's saying? One day, it's all going to be worth it. That's what that means. 
One day, I reckon, Paul says, I reckon that the suffering of this present time, I reckon that everything we go through, I reckon that everything we experience on this earth, I reckon that everything we face in this life, it's not even going to be a drop in the bucket with the glory that we're going to experience one day. Say amen. Now watch what he keeps saying. For the earnest expectation of the what? The creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. What does that mean? That means we are anticipating something. We are anticipating. The creation of God is anticipating God to do something. For the creature was made subject to vanity. Means depravity, emptiness. Not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. What does that mean? It means we're all, we're all in bondage to death. That means every one of us, if God tarries his coming, we're going to die. Are y'all with me? We're going to, our bodies are decaying and they're going to, it's corrupt. And we're in bondage to that. We can't get out of it. We can't get away from it. All right, but watch what it says. From the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole what? Creation groaneth and travaileth in pain. Travaileth is the word that's used for, for, for women who are in childbirth. Those pains, those groanings. All right? Now, uh, 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 help me now. What verse? I, I, I missed some spot. Oh, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit... When we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. What does that mean? We cannot wait to have our brand new body. I cannot wait to be in an atmosphere where there's no sin. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I, I can't wait for Jesus to come and take us home. This earth is saying this earth has that same expectation. Now, I, this is, now, this is Malcolm's theology. You know, I always tell you when it's my theology, all right? This is what I'm thinking in my head. Uh, how many of y'all know these earthquakes and these volcanoes and all these natural disasters, all these things? That to me, that to me is the earth groaning. That to me is the earth travailing in pain, waiting for its redemption, waiting for God to recreate and redo what man has messed up. And the Bible says they're waiting. They're in anticipation. Anticipation. Not they only. Not just this earth. Not just God's uh, creation, but the creatures themselves. Us. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now look, here's, here's, here's what we need to see. Even the heavens, according to the book of Job, are not clean in his sight. Isn't that amazing? Adam didn't just connect, contaminate this earth. He contaminated the atmosphere too. God's going to destroy it all and start again. Look what it says. <clears throat> now, God has promised his people a new heaven and a new earth. Now turn with me to Isaiah chapter 65. Isaiah chapter 65 in your Old Testament. You'll see some background verses of this. All the way back in the Old Testament, God promised this.
6517. All right. It says, for behold, I create, what do he say? I, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former, former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. Look into 22. <clears throat> they shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. All right, the old creation must make way for the new creation if God is going to be glorified. Jesus called this event the regeneration of the earth. Look in Matthew 19. Let's flip over to Matthew 19 in your New Testament. So we see an Old Testament prophet is speaking of this event. The major parts when we get to, uh, uh, to Peter's letter. He describes it in vivid detail. We'll get to that in just a minute. But Matthew 19, 28. <clears throat> Matthew 19, 28. All right. When you get there, say amen. amen. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his, ye shall also sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. This regeneration, this is the new heaven and the new earth. So what Jesus is speaking of there is not the millennium. Okay? It's after that. It's the new eternal state. That makes sense? Say amen. Now, Peter explained it. This is this is the most vivid description. Second Peter, Second Peter chapter number three. Second <clears throat> Peter chapter number three. Verse number ten. I'll give you a second. <clears throat> Second Peter chapter number three in verse number 10. <clears throat> when you get there, say amen. amen. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the... Uh, how many of y'all know that everything on this planet is made out of elements? Right? Everything's made out of elements. This whole earth is created out of elements. Elements shall melt with fervent and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be what? They shall be what? Now, now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, listen. I know all the news media is talking about global warming and everything. The earth is going, listen, it's going to happen, but not like they think. And, and there is going to be a big bang. It wasn't in the beginning. It's going to be at the end. Are y'all with me? Now, the big bang that scientists say, bang, and there the earth was. I don't believe that. I believe he said it, bang, there it was. That's how I believe it. But there is going to be a cataclysmic event before the eternal state. And this is talking about it. Let's keep reading. Seeing then that all these things, all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being what? On fire, On fire there shall be 
and the elements, which are talking about this earth, shall what? Melt with fervent heat. Fervent heat. What does that mean? Everything you see will be no more. Now, I heard an evangelist preaching one time, and he said, do you know what is going to happen that day? Listen, the Cadillac is going to melt just like the Yugo. The mansion is going to melt just like the shack. Everything that man allows to keep them from having a relationship with God is going to be gone. Are y'all with me? That puts a whole lot of things in perspective, doesn't it? And what, this, is why, this is why Peter said in verse number 11, look what he said in verse number 11. Seeing this, knowing this, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons, what? Ought ye to be. In what? In all? Now remember the word conversation doesn't mean talking and, and giving a word and receiving a word. That means behavior. Okay, in all holy conversation or behavior and godliness, godliness. This should motivate us to live right. This should motivate us to be what God wants us to be. Bible students are not agreed as to whether the old elements will be renewed or whether the old will be destroyed and a whole new creation ushered in. The fact that the Greek word translated new means new in character may lend credence to the former explanation. Now, either way. Either way, what's here is going to melt and God's going to make something new. God's going to make something new. And all God's people say it. All right, let's go back to Revelation. Let's go back to Revelation chapter number 21. Okay? So we see a passing. We see a passing. A passing of defilement. But then look what it says in verse number 1. Not only is there going to be a new heaven and a new earth, the earth's not going to look the same. The earth's not going to look the same. What's going to be missing? And there was no more sea. No more sea. So there's a passing divide. Not only is there a passing defilement, but B, there's a passing divide. What does the sea do? It divides. It separates. How many of y'all, how many of y'all were here the night we were talking about when, when, when God uh, uh, basically cause confusion on this earth. We was talking about the Tower of Babel and Babylon and, and, and how, and then we put a, we put the, the, the globe or the, the map of the world on the, and we saw, and we put it back together. How many of y'all was here that night? In other words, God separated man. He, he not only confounded and confused the languages, but he separated man. All right. He said, if they stayed together, they're going to do nothing but evil, so he separated them. And if you look at the map, I mean, you can do it. You can just take any map you want to, and you can put it all back together. It fits together like a puzzle. Y'all remember? And the reason for that is judgment. Judgment. And, and it represents judgment. All right? And so what are we going to have in the eternal state? There's not going to be any judgment. There's not going to be any judgment. There's not going to be any separation. Now, here's how I look at that. I'm not real fond of that idea because I like the ocean. Say amen. <clears throat> but but that's, that's way beyond. I mean, we're going to have our immortal state. We're going to have our glorified bodies. I'm just I'm th- thinking carnally, all right? 
But my thing is this. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, how many of y'all, how many of y'all have, uh, you, you got pretty close families? Anybody have, y'all don't have close families? Nobody does? Okay. All right. How many of y'all, you used to have family reunions? Okay. Now, how many of y'all hated when you got to go see everybody, then you had to, you had to leave? How many of y'all got family that lives out of state? How many of y'all have families that live out of state and you get to see them every now and then? How many of y'all know I, I, it, it, it's, I, it's terrible? It's terrible to be. Come on. Separated. Divided, separated. I don't care what word you use, it's all the same. One day. That's not going to be. You know, my daughter, my daughter lives, I just use me for an example. I know there's other people out here, but I don't want to embarrass nobody. But my daughter lives in North Carolina, and I hate it. I hate it. I, I got to see her the other day when I was preaching in Tennessee and, and uh, uh, stayed the night at their house and, and uh, got to eat dinner with them and all, and then she went to the, the, the revival where I was preaching, and it was man, that was really cool. And then I had to leave. And man, I want to, I want to cry like a baby when I seen her drive off. But there's coming a day. Well, there ain't gonna be no more of that. There's not gonna be any more separation. Listen, it goes even beyond that. We're separated now by death. And it's even more, I don't want to use the word final, even more severe than by miles. But guess what? One day, that's not going to separate either. And all God's people say it. Now, when you look at it that way, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. No more. I'm... I didn't mean to get this way. <laughs> this was not in the notes. Amen. <laughs> All right, number two. <clears throat> number two. We not only see the passing. How many of y'all understand number one is talking about a passing? The old things are gone. The old earth, the old cursed, the old decaying dwelling, all of that's gone. God's made it all brand new. Now, don't you see number two, the presentation. The presentation. All right. <clears throat> Verse two. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. <clears throat> Man. <clears throat> the New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, behold. What does the word behold mean? It means look, check it out. That's exactly what it means. That's exactly what it means. Look, he says, check it out. Check it out. All right. It says in, 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 in verse number three, 
Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. So we see a presentation of what? First, a a prepared dwelling. A prepared dwelling. Now, if we continue reading, if we continue reading, uh, we find that this is a place where God dwells. It says the tabernacle of God. The word tabernacle is where God dwells. <clears throat> and we see this is, a, this is a, a specific place. We go on to see the city of God, the new Jerusalem coming down out of God, or excuse me, coming down out of heaven. And how many of y'all remember John 14? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, right? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where I am there, you may be also. This is in reference. We, and then we, we took that, those few verses and we talked about the Jewish wedding and how the, 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 the bridegroom would go and find a bride Actually, his parents would usually do that, and they would be betrothed, and, and, and they are engaged, and so he would leave and go prepare the place to bring his bride back to dwell. And so that's what we're seeing. This is the place that Jesus was speaking about in John chapter number 14. Are y'all with me? Say amen. We see, we see a prepared dwelling, verses 2 and 9 through 23. But then I want you to see some precise dimensions some precise dimensions. I don't know if he gave you that word in time, but I hope, okay, you got it? Okay. All right, let's look what it says. Let's look what it says. Skip, skip down and we'll come back. Skip down and we'll come back. All right, verse number 10. Look at verse number 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city. The holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from, from God. Having the glory of God. In other words, it's coming out of the what heaven? Third heaven. All right. The third heaven, the city of God, this prepared place. Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as crystal and had a wall great and high. And have twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the walls thereof. And the city lieth four square. And the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured, in other words, just as tall as it is long. All right. It's a square, a cubed city. If that makes sense, say amen. All right. Now, and the city lies for, verse 17. And he measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is of the angel. All right. And then we go to see several different, uh, uh, several different gemstones that are placed and made out of this, all right? Now, here's what I want you to see. One, it's majesty. It's clear. We know the street is gold, but it is transparent. It is transparent. Everything is transparent in the city, all right? The walls are transparent. The street is transparent. The, 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 the gold is so pure. 
It is so pure, it is transparent. It's like crystal. Everything in it. What does it mean to be transparent? Say it again. All right, see through it. Now, it says there's not going to be any need of light because his glory is going to be the light thereof. In other words, he will be in the center and his glory is going to radiate all the way through, up, down, sideways, and around, everywhere. And it's got to be transparent for his glory to get all the way through it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And I, I read I read one of, the, uh, uh, one of the commentaries on it, and he said, well, what about privacy? And then he put under it, in heaven, there'll be nothing needed that would require privacy. Amen. <laughs> and I got to thinking about that. Good point. All right. Amen. Uh, uh, it, we're going to be in a glorified body, a perfect body. And think about this. There will never be a time and there'll never be a place where we will not be in and feel and see God's glory. Now, let me explain that. Uh, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle and the temple, the tabernacle was the temporary place where they would come to meet with God. God's glory would fill this place, right? It would fill the, uh, 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 the Holy of Holies there. And, and I, I, I talked with Brother Craig Evers one time. He's one of the smartest dudes I know when it comes to Bible stuff. And, and, uh, and I said, I said, you reckon you can see the glory from the outside? He said, son, I believe you can see the glory for miles. What is it? What is that? It's a radiant light, the Shekinah. The, what does it say when Moses came off the mountain? What did it say about his face? It shone like it glowed, I guess is a good word. It was, it was radiant. It was shining because it had been in the, it had been in the glory. Y'all with me? Now, uh, the, do you remember, do you remember when the queen of Sheba, <clears throat> when the queen of Sheba came and was, uh, she was curious about Solomon. She'd done heard all about him, heard about his wisdom, heard about his glory, heard about his riches, heard about all that stuff. How many of y'all know you usually don't believe half of what you hear? She didn't either. So she showed up and she saw stuff she couldn't believe. Matter of fact, according to the scriptures, it says when she saw the temple and how he went to church, it said it took her breath away. You know why? It ain't because this was the first time she had been in a temple. She had been in pagan temples her whole life, but she had never been in a temple with the glory in it. And, and that was something that only the Jewish people understood and the, and the nation of Israel had. It was a privilege and an honor that they had the presence of God with them everywhere they went. They could see his glory, even if it was just a shade of it, a little bit of it. But do you know what it means? It means in the city of God, we will live in it. We will walk in it. We will bask in it. We will be in God's glory all the time. Let me see if I can help you with this. Because I don't think you're getting it. <clears throat> How many of you have been in church services? And some of you probably maybe have never been in a church service like this. But when I was growing up, <clears throat> when I was growing up in old time church, when it really got good, <clears throat> I'm talking about when it really got good. And it, and I, I'm telling you, it was like you could just feel the presence of God in this place. 
And, and when it got like that, nobody wanted to leave. Nobody wanted to go anywhere. They just wanted to keep on going. And, and this is what we called it. This is what I say. This is what we, uh, this is when I was a kid. This is what I heard the old times say, boy, we got in the glory. How many of y'all, please tell me some of y'all old enough know what I'm talking about. We got in the, man, I got God bumps right now, glory bumps right now, glory bumps. Man, what does that mean? That meant God, it, it didn't mean that God's not there all the time because God is everywhere all, all the time. He's omnipresent. But sometimes he just shows himself a little more than others. He manifests himself in his presence a little more than others. And it, it just means, man, we got in the glory. Do you realize those special times? And I'm telling you, there's been the sweetest times in my childhood, in my life, when we went to the house of God. And man, God's presence was surreal. It caused sinners to get right. It caused people with grudges to go and apologize and make things right. It caused people to get saved in the glory. I'm talking about shouting and praising and repenting and getting right. The glory, there was nothing like it because you was in the presence of God. Man, that happened every so often. It's few and far between, but there's coming a day when we're going to live in that glory. Woo, I feel it. Amen. Say amen, Andrew. Say amen. Do y'all get it now? I mean, this is something, sometimes we just read through stuff. Okay, so it's transparent. So it's clear, all right. That means we'll be able to see through everything. Yeah, it means a lot more than that. It means we'll be in his glory. It says there's not going to be no need for the sun. Why? God is light and him is no darkness at all. We're going, his glory is going to be brighter than the sun. Amen. Amen. That wasn't in the nose either, but I like it. We see its majesty. Can y'all understand that? It's majesty. He's there, his glory, the light. But then the measurements. Now, just, I got to hurry because y'all hadn't listened fast enough tonight. And we're behind schedule, amen? The measurements, the walls are 216 feet thick. 216 feet thick. The city's 1,500 miles square. In other words, it's 1,500 miles that way, 1,500 miles that way, 1,500 miles that way. I had, and I, there ain't no way I can get it, maybe I, I might throw it on you next week. But the dimensions in, in, in the capable square footage, because, you know, we don't need no overcrowding, right? How many of y'all like your space? Come on, be honest. I read some numbers, and I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's like really cool. From the time of Adam to today, in the space that's left over, in other words, God has prepared a city where everybody could have been there. Are y'all with me? Does that not make the verse, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
It also says that hell was created for the devil and his angels. Now, why was it created for the devil and his angels? Because they rebelled. So what does that mean? Anybody that ends up in hell rebels. If somebody ever tells you, somebody ever tells you, how could a loving God send anybody to hell? Say, oh, wait a minute. God ain't never sent anybody to hell. They go of their own choosing. Amen. All right, let's hurry, let's hurry, let's hurry. The materials, I'll let you read that because it, it, I, I can't even pronounce some of them stones. Say amen. Even despite Scripture's description, it is difficult to imagine what the eternal city will be like. John characterized it as a holy city, a prepared city. John 14, a beautiful city, as beautiful as a bride on her wedding day. He amplifies these characteristics in Revelation 21 and 22. So we not only see the passing, number two, the presentation, number three, the presence. See, this is what's going to make it all worthwhile. Skip back to verse three. The presence. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle, the dwelling place where God hangs out, where God's presence will be. The tabernacle of God is with men and he will, what's that word? Dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Two things I want you to write down. Abiding presence. Did I give you the other two? Of number two? Okay. A and B. We see his abiding, abiding presence. And by the way, the worst part about the lake of fire is not the fire. You know what had me tore up a while ago? The separation. You see, hell is not going to be hell in the lake of fire, the eternal judgment, the second death. It's not going to be hell because of the punishment that's going to be there. It's going to be an eternal separation from the presence of God. But heaven is going to be heaven. Not because of the golden street. Not because of the gate of pearl. Not because of the tree of life. Not because of the crystal river. Not because our family is going to be there. Heaven is going to be heaven. Because we're going to be in his abiding presence. Are y'all with me? Look here. We not only see his abiding presence in verse number three, but we see his abolishing presence. His abolishing presence. Look what it says in verse four. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. Amen. For the former things are passed away. Why, why these things cannot stay in his presence? I mean, think about it. Read the Gospels. 
Read the Gospels. If a funeral director, they had a funeral train coming down the path and Jesus come, they took a side road. Why? Death can't exist in the presence of the resurrection. What happened? Everywhere he went, he healed everybody. He delivered everybody. Are y'all with me? These things that we fight, these things that we face, these things that we struggle with, these things that we have to live with in our life today, they can't exist in his presence. And all God's... And by the way, let me say this. This ain't a notes, but I'm going to just tell you this right now. The only thing that will help you get through this stuff we have to be in is to be in his presence. Paul had a thorn. Paul had a thorn that, that he begged God. It was painful, excruciating. He said, please remove this thorn. He said, Paul, I can't because it's a gift for me to keep you humble because, because of the abundance of the revelations, because what you've experienced and what you have seen, you're going to get prideful if I don't keep you humble. But let me tell you something, Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee. Are y'all with me? Yes, yes. Anyway, I don't know. There's none is in the notes, but somebody in here needs this stuff. Now, listen, we don't need to just understand that one day we're not going to be separated anymore. One day we're going to live in his glory. One day there's going to be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying. But we need to understand until that day comes, he has enough grace. He has enough power to get us through what we're going through today. Amen. How in his presence? Seek him. When you're hurting, seek Him. When you're broken, seek Him. When you're grieving, seek Him. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Seek Him. He can do what a book can't do. He can do what a counselor can't do. He can do what medicine can't do. Amen. Hallelujah. Number four. Number four. Let's review real quick. Number one, there's a bunch of pages flipping. <laughs> number one, number two, number three, number four, the perfection. Look at, look at verse eight. <clears throat> look at verse eight. <clears throat> It says, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. First, the perfection includes an absence of wicked sinners. An absence of... Now, let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, this is the verse that convinces me. Now, you may not believe this, and that's fine. That's fine. Uh, it's not going to, it ain't going to change a thing. I mean, if you don't, you do, it doesn't matter. But this one verse is the verse where I truly believe there are going to be different levels in eternity. In the, the punishment, if you will, in the lake of fire. 
In other words, I don't believe everybody is going to experience the same thing in their eternal judgment. I believe there's going to be, it says everyone shall have their part. Say that with me. Everyone shall have their part. Now think about this. Think about this. Let's look at, let's look at the, the, the characters listed. But the fearful, the fearful. Now, if we keep going, we'll find abominable, whoremongers, murderers, sorcerers. I mean, some, some pretty bad people, right? But the first on the list is just the fearful. In other words, they refused to trust Christ. They refused to repent and get saved because they were afraid of what someone might think. They were afraid of their reputation. They were afraid of what it would cost them. Maybe they were afraid of what would they have to give up to trust in Christ. They didn't kill anybody. They didn't, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't alcoholics as, as far as a, 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 a drunkard that would, they, they wasn't all these things that some people think is the worst thing in the world. They wasn't rapists, they wasn't dictators, they wasn't Osama bin Laden, they wasn't Hitler. They were just fearful. But guess what? Without Christ, they're in the list. You, you see where I'm going with this? And then there's some, they just didn't believe. They were a good old boy. They'd give you the shirt off their back. They'd help you out any way they could. But they just couldn't believe. They just wouldn't believe. Now, the great white throne judgment is the judgment where God judges and decides the future judgment and punishment for each sinner. Are y'all with me? And I believe according to their life on earth, they're going to get what's coming to them. What you sow, you will Are y'all with me? And I believe, I believe everybody's going to have their place. If not, there would be no need for the judgment. Just as soon as you die, you just go into eternal judgment. But that's not going to be the case. Why? Because God is righteous. God is a God of holiness and justice and righteousness. Are y'all with me? And everything he does is right. All right, now... We see the absence of wicked sinners in B. We see the absence of a worship structure. Verse 22. Verse 22. Okay, we're, we're like two minutes over time. Hurry, hurry, get there. Verse 22, when you're there, say amen. amen. And I saw... All right, and I saw... Therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon, to shine in it. For the, help me, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. What does that mean? With the terminology we have, you won't have to go to church to meet with God. Wherever you are, he will be. You will be in his glory. Say it with me. In his glory. 
like you mean it. Come on. In his glory. How many of y'all looking forward to that day? Now, now this should just jack us all up. <clears throat> right? We should all be excited about this. But let me tell you something. And we're going somewhere on Sundays. God's doing something in me and through me. In a few weeks, you'll understand. But this should all motivate us to go win somebody. Because there's going to be people that don't see that. Unless we tell them. Let's go share a story. Let's go share a story. I got to share my story with my barber this week. And I'm praying that God's working on him right now. You got somebody you need to tell your story. He said, come and follow me and I'll make you. Every single lesson we've had in the last few weeks, everything we've been doing in the last few Sundays, it should motivate us to go tell somebody. Amen. And all God's people say it. All right, as far as I can tell, we're four minutes late. And counting. So, how many of y'all got kids in here somewhere? All right, here's what we're going to do. When we dismiss, y'all are going to act like the lights went out. <laughs> and y'all, no, let's just go. They ain't going to believe you anyway. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the time you've given us. Lord, I thank you for the presence we felt tonight. Lord, I thank you for your, your, your glory and the opportunity to spend with you. Now, we just got a small, 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 small experience of your glory tonight. And one day we're going to be in it fully. And I can't wait. But until then, God, help us in our pain. Help us in our suffering. Help us in our grieving. Help us in our sorrow. Help us in our struggles. Help us to seek you in everything we face. God, we'll give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say glory. All right, goodbye, go home, get your kids, run. Jalen. After listening to you tonight, I know one thing I want to be buried with. What's that? My sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I agree. I agree. Hey, man. Hi, man. It's good How to see you? you. Good to be back. When did you get home? Uh, a week ago. A week ago. Here's the how's, how's the north? <laughs> <laughs>